Wow, it's uh, great to see so many faces that I haven't seen in a, in a while. Uh, really, it feels like for almost an eternity when we've been out at Olive Grove for two weeks. This is uh, a tradition for, for me. It's becoming more and more of a tradition, but for Olive Grove, it's been a tradition to come back every year at the end of uh, a week or two weeks of Olive Grove and come and share with you all that the Lord has done and to celebrate with you. I think this tradition actually goes all the way back uh, to the time of Paul and Barnabas when they were traveling in this area. They left here, went back to the church in Antioch, and what's the first thing they did? They gathered everyone together and said, let me tell you what the Lord has done. Um, but it, it's uh, to uh, be with you all and to be this news. Uh, there is good news. Despite being tired, as many of these Olive Grove counselors can attest to, uh, there was also a lot of joy and a lot of a lot of God's spirit that was poured out in the last two and a half weeks that we have been preparing and then uh, doing the Olive Grove adventure. At Olive Grove, almost every year, I find myself having to walk this very long distance that is between the beach, the beautiful sea of the Mediterranean is still very clean most of the Still has beautiful animals this year. In fact, uh, for the first time ever, they saw dolphins and bulls and all kinds. So it's good to know that God's creation is still out there, uh, despite what it seems like when we live in the city all of our lives. Uh, so there, but in order to get there, really long area called Africa is what we call it because it has giant trees that are represent of pictures of Africa. And since none of us have really been to Africa for any period of time who are out there counseling, we refer to it as Africa. And and every time I walk there, and this this week I had to walk at least four or five times because somebody had a bottle or because a child needed to get out to the beach and had no one to go with them or because I needed to talk to someone about uh, a responsibility that I needed them to. Every time I go out there, I question, why did I come out this way? <laughs> so far, so hot, so uncomfortable. And uh, as as I came back one time, I was questioning all of my life choices, including why did I commit to doing Olive Grove every year for the rest of my life? And and uh, I feel like the Lord brought to mind one of the and that is because when I was 15 years old, I got to go to a church camp. I finally got to be involved and go. And and it was at that camp that I gave my life to the Lord. And it was at that camp that. My life was buried with Christ in baptism. And at that camp that I, I really received my calling, I feel. And um, from that point on, everything has changed for me. And uh, we know that that is the same kind of experience that many of the youth have when they come. So it is an important time. Uh, and as writer uh, John a lot this week. We studied the names of God. We studied studies uh, and at least 12 different Bible study times. We we read about uh, which John portrays him in the New Testament. John portrays him in the book of John with, with the name I am, which is the same name that Moses gets from God when he asks, who are you, Lord? Who should I tell people are what is your name uh so jesus then connects himself with god there and then we see in the very same way 
receives this revelation from God that seven times he addresses seven churches and each one has a different name and a different way in which God portrays himself. And instead of giving you all those, I thought, let's just jump after the end of Olive Grove where he, the end responsibilities would be good to get Jesus himself wraps up this introduction of who God is because what the Bible is the Bible is an introduction to who God is okay I will hold this then now let me turn this one off sorry I keep cutting out I probably loud enough that I can do this without the microphone would that be okay Shall I just do it without the microphone? Oh, uh, for the sake of posterity or maybe further incrimination. <laughs> so uh, here we are. We're, we're at the throne of God himself. And there is a crystal river that is running from the throne. And John has finally reached it. It's the promised crystal river that would satiate the nations that we read about in Isaiah 55 when God calls to the prophet Isaiah come to me all you who are weary all you who are thirsty come buy food come buy drink without money and without cost it's a it's a generous feast that God is providing through his word he says and his word we find out through John is Jesus himself so we're here and we read that no longer will there be any curse No longer will the results of our sin that led us to be cast out of the garden where all of the fruit was, where all of the seasonal fruit was available, uh, is all being restored to us uh, and at a time when uh, we thought we were unworthy. It is interesting to see that it's one tree bearing 12 crops and, and always in season giving these things. There's not only, not only is there always God's providence in this place, but also it is a variety of providence. That's something that we get to enjoy at Olive Grove. Not not the food aspect, because we have found that they have a very good system at the pensions that we stay, but we do know that there's a variety of interactions that we get to have with people from many different passport countries. Over 20 passport countries were represented this year, places as far as Japan and as near as Uh, Iraq and Syria and Jordan and Russia and Ukraine and the United States and Canada and many other places as well, uh, that we were able to experience the variety of God's garden. Uh, We are actually a grove of people, and we are the fruits of God himself. There are a lot of names for Jesus. One of them I recall as I asked the children to think of what would, what kind of animal do you think would represent just the most powerful love, the most authoritative God and the greatest, strongest love? What animal? I asked them and and the children would, uh, depending on which soccer team they held, they would say a lion or an eagle (laughs) or a hawk uh, or a bear. And, And as they thought of these different animals, I had to laugh because Jesus, when in Matthew 23, he wants to gather and show Jerusalem how much he loved and cared for the people and show the strength and the desire of God to just force people into his love. It was a chicken he used. It was like a mother hen. It says, I've wanted to gather you under my wings. So God is not averse to likening himself to almost anything in his creation because everything that he has created is good. And, and unfortunately, we take those creations and those things and, 
and we belittle them and we give them little value and we we try to uh, say that they're less of lesser importance. We don't see the analogies that God can use. And so we lose track of the goodness of his creation. So a lot of what we do as we come to the end of an introduction is we try to explain the meaning of what the introduction is. I uh, explained the first day in our time that when I was in college, uh, I had a friend who was uh, from a Latin American family, and he came to university with me, actually. And, and uh, when we met for the first time in the same department, uh, he said, you don't look like an Andrew. He says, you look like a Jeremy. And so I told him this story just to say that sometimes the names that we have and carry don't really fully exemplify who we are. And sometimes people give us names that we don't like and we have to live with them. And so I told him that story. I said, if you remember anything, if you tell me you remember that I used to be called Jeremy, I'll be glad that you remembered anything from my talk this evening. And then for the next two weeks, every child who saw me said, hey, Jeremy, (laughs) which is not my name. (laughs) And yet it was still a fun and loving, intimate conversation that we're able to have. I think God is not so caught up in specifically what we call him but in the relationship that that name means to us. And so there are special and precious names in Scripture. Uh, Today, I want to talk a little bit about the root. As I was thinking of the title, I was reminded of this silly character from a comic book who all he can ever say is, I am Groot, which is similar to what we are hearing here. I am the root Uh, This person, all he can ever say is, I am Groot. And somehow, and every time he introduces himself, he conveys to the people who know him so much more meaning that they can respond to him as if he was saying something else. Uh, God here, though, is saying through Jesus, I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star in his conclusion. He starts, if you think about it visually, I am the root The offspring of David would be already the fruit of the tree of David, the line, the the family tree in which every promise was going to be fulfilled, that God was going to bring salvation. And this offspring of David, as if the edges of the trees is producing the fruit, I am the root, I am the fruit, and I'm the bright morning star. As I was thinking about it, there's a, a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that deals a lot with resurrection. It talks about what's going to happen. Some of the boys, the middle school boys especially, uh, along with Garrett over there and and some of our other counselors would sit in the evening and talk deeply philosophically, you know, about things like, what is it going to be like when the world ends? And uh, every once in a while, I'd have the opportunity to sneak by and hear what they're asking. And and Garrett would pass a difficult question to me and say, uh, what do you think? (laughs) And, um, and so we had some very good conversations with, uh, young boys. Hopefully, uh, when the counselors get to share a little bit of their time, they will share about some of these young men, some of whom gave their life to the Lord for the first time. Um, it was encouraging to hear those questions. A person who just was getting introduced with Jesus to ask those questions and explore. That's, that's where the excitement comes, the newly found fruit. When the buds start coming out on the trees at spring and you see the fruit is coming and you find it ripening into full faith, that's when you get excited 
as a part of the tree of David. You get excited because that means that, that they have found the nourishment from the root, the root that gives life, and they have become incorporated into the tree of the kingdom of God. Well, I was Jeremy for a week, two weeks. Here it says that these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Well, I was Jeremy sharing things with people. The prophets came long before me to share with people as well, to warn people, to give them hope, and to give them healing words. Uh, There was an interesting situation in which uh, one of my favorite and most unique counselors of the time, uh, his name was Trent. He didn't reveal a lot about himself, but at the end, last night, as we were reminiscing together about the time out at Olive Grove, he said, at the end, children were coming up, everyone with their T-shirts and their pens, wanting me to write on their, their, their shirt. Please, please just write your name on the back of my shirt. I had everyone, all of the counselors and all of the children together were doing it. And Trent, in his somewhat cynical style, uh, said to any child who asked him, what's my name? And if the children guessed a name, he would just write whatever name they guessed on the back of the t-shirt. Most of them, he said, I got called Patrick. I got called Nicholas. I got called, and he listed several different names that he wrote. And uh, I thought how fitting it is that sometimes we think we know God. We think we've understood him from the prophets. We think we know his nature. And, and then we come and we've seen him. We, we have this tentative relationship. And when we get close and ask Will you please sign my shirt? We don't know what name to ask for him to write on our bags. There is a solution to that. The whole world is striving to figure it out. Like those middle school boys who are striving to understand and comprehend what life will be like after death. Like all of us are striving to understand and failing most often in interpreting what God's will is. Not only for our life here, but for the long term. We are all striving to understand And God says, you don't have to know everything about me. You just have to know one person. This is what I shared in my conclusion to the children, that that God has made it possible for us, rather than trying to fathom everything about him, to just get to know one person. And if we can get to know that one person well, that we will know God. And that person is Jesus Christ. If we come to know him the root, the offspring of David, and the bright morning star, then we will know God in his fullness from the deepest aspect of his nature to the highest point of his shining light. And so it was a joy for us to explore some of the deepness of God and at the same time, every evening, to turn our attentions back to Jesus. I love what is written here uh, when, when we see that the angel is being worshipped, it says, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard it and had seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Worship God. 
a lot of times we get distracted by the attributes. We see the attributes of God in a lot of different places. We say, oh, yes, God is the root. And so we look and we, we look for the sources of all things. And when we find, oh, he was the source of this and he was the source of that, we think, oh, maybe we should be worshiping all of the sources. But the truth is, is no, all of these attributes are found in one person, in one entity who is made up in three parts, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we focus not on the attributes, but on the person themselves, we begin to realize that we can find value in many different attributes, that Jesus cares for us in such a vast and different way than anyone else can. For he is ever-present, he is all-powerful, and he is above all. I love that we will be given a new name. We read to the church, in the letter to the church to, uh, of Pergamum that they'll be given a white stone upon which is written a new name that no one else will know. God doesn't want us to be tied to all of our failures and all of the trappings of mistakes that we've had in the past. He wants us to know that when we arrive in heaven and when we are with him seated on his throne together with Christ Jesus, that we will be all new. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. This is our goal and our aim. As if we are running a marathon, I always feel like as I'm reaching the end of not just of the road from Africa back into the camp, because as we arrive back in the camp, there are beautiful trees everywhere casting wonderful shade. That's the difference between walking through Africa, between the crystal blue Mediterranean Sea, and and the place where we stay is that the owners of that pension have put a lot of effort into keeping large dut trees uh, fed and nourished with fresh living water. And as those trees have grown up, they've created shade. I remember two years ago, they decided that they were going to trim the branches back so the trees would not cast as much shade and would not break under the weight of their wonderful branches. And I remember mourning the shade that year. But this year they were in full bloom. The, The leaves were there and we were able to sit under the shade of the trees. And not only that, God sent his fresh rain the first week, and we were refreshed by, by the wonderful coolness of God's creation. As, as the days got hot, and as people started to feel the weariness, we could only do one thing, and that was rely on our spiritual root, Jesus himself. It says, in, again, in 1 Corinthians, that the seed that was planted is physical first, but is spiritual now, that we serve a God who is a God of spirit and that the fruit that will grow out of these things are, is a spiritual fruit that will reach to the skies. And that's why uh, I believe the writer here in Revelation and, and the imagery starts with something very physical and of the earth and ends with something so ethereal, far away, the morning star. It is our goal not to just stay on this earth, but to go beyond the stars to be with the one who created all the universe. Our goals are far and wide, much longer than that very brief, hot walk in Africa out at Olive Grove. Uh, It is beyond even the shade of the trees and much beyond that to the home where God who created it all sits in heaven 
and waits for us. He is actively engaged in our lives and wants for us all to find the refreshing truth of his life. Jesus himself, it seems, is giving an answer to those who were skeptics during the time of his life with these final names. If you remember in Matthew, we read that the Pharisees who were very skeptical of Jesus's ministry said, what proof are you going to give to show that you are the Messiah? And while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, what do you think about the Messiah? Who is the son? Whose son is he? The son of David, they replied. He said, I mean, he said to them, how is it then that David speaking by the spirit calls him Lord? For he says, this is from Psalm 110. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If then David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? No one could say a word in reply. And from that day on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Jesus silenced the crowds and seemingly never gave an answer until these last introductions in Revelation where John says, I am the root and the offspring of David. I am his beginning and his end. And three times leading up to those names, he gives the same analogy, the alpha and omega, the first and last letter of the Greek alphabet, the first and last, the beginning and the end. If he sums everything up, then he is the answer to everything. He is both the problem solver and the creator of the thing that caused the problem. Thankfully, we have him in our lives, and he is working actively in so many ways. He has introduced himself to so many people, and I would like uh, to pray and then invite uh, some of the counselors to come up and share brief stories of ways in which they saw God being introduced to their Olive Grovers this year. Father, I thank you that you have introduced yourselves to us, and those who are here have shown a desire to know you uh, by their presence here today, have shown a desire to commune with you, and Lord, that you have given all of us life through Jesus, the root of our faith, the root of our hope, the root of our peace. Lord, we thank you that he is dwelling in us through your spirit, Lord, that you are dwelling in us and working mightily. We thank you for these promises that you have given us through your prophets, through your disciples, and that we give to each other, reminding each other regularly of your goodness. Lord, may these testimonies of the lives of young olive grovers be an encouragement to those who are here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.